Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. And during the Passover feast, this is what blew a lot of people's mind, Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Drink this, this is my blood. Drink this, are you with me? Which is for the remission of your sins. Jesus clearly identified himself as being the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Amen, amen. Give three people a high five and tell them it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about him. We give the Lord Jesus praise this morning. It is all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, if you would turn your Bibles with me this morning to um, Matthew, the first chapter, Matthew chapter one. We're going to start there today in Jesus mighty name. And I pray that all of you are ready to receive the rich word um, the Lord. We have been in a series entitled The Force of Peace. The Force of Peace. Isn't that true? The Force of Peace. And um, this would be part number eight in that series. I'm not sure how it's going to fit in that series, but we're going to follow the will of the Lord. Amen. Maybe we'll get back to the mainstream of it all next week. But today, if we would subtitle it, we would t- uh, subtitle this Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Matthew 1. We're going to read just uh, about five verses, 18 through 21. And it reads thusly. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when he, rather, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of God, rather thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. If you can help me read, let's read verse 21. Ready? Let's read. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What a powerful, 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 one more time, powerful verse of Scripture. You're going to call his name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. You hear people say, we won't be before you very long, but just long enough to get the job done. Amen. I like to say it sometimes like, like my pastor says, we'll be just like a miniskirt. And I'll stop it right there. Yes, yes. Short enough to be interesting, but long enough to cover the subject matter. There we go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. 
Jesus, the Bible says, here's the angel, angel of the Lord coming to Joseph in a dream, telling him, this is what you're going to call the child that is born of Mary. You're going to call his name Jesus. Why? Why Jesus? Because he's going to save his people from their sins. Now, you often hear people say, I'm saved. I'm saved. And when I first heard the, the word uh, or someone in my high school asked me, Mark, are you saved? I didn't know what in the world that meant. We didn't go to church a lot when I was, uh, when I was in high school or even younger. We went every once in a while. But someone asked me that question in high school, are you saved? And my thought was, my question was, saved from what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And really, unless you know what you're saved from, you won't appreciate being saved. Jesus, the Bible says he saved us from our sins. Uh, but, but as we take our microscope and go a little bit deeper, it is not just the sin that he saves us from or the sin nature, but it's actually the penalty of our sins. What the sin in our lives have caused or will cause if we're not saved from them. The Bible declares that the wages of sin is anybody is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, right? The Bible declares again that the soul that sinneth it shall die. And we do know that there's a thing called the wrath of God. You know, it's really uh, God's love has no relevance or God's mercy has no relevance in your life unless you understand his judgment. To say that God loves you to a person, they just say, oh, okay, great, great. But unless you understand that there is judgment, heaven has no relevance unless you understand that there is a hell. Are you understanding? So in order for us to really understand the mercy and the love of God and what Jesus has saved us from, we've got to understand um, that there is a penalty for sin. There is hell. There is death. There is grave. There is eternal separation from God. There are bad things that are happening and that will happen to those who have not received the gift of God that he freely gives. At Christmas time, if someone comes up to you, yes, I need a volunteer. I need somebody to help me. Who wants to help me? All right, brother, would you come and help me? Would you give me one of those gifts there in the back? Praise the Lord, one of those green gifts. I'm not sure whose gift that is, but we're going to have an illustration. Let me have someone else who wants to come up and help me as well. Please come on up. I saw your hand first, please. Yes, yes, yes. Let's make you both famous today. Now, what is your name, brother? Safe. Huh? Schaefer. Schaefer. All right. Schaefer is going to help. Did I say it right? All right. And uh, Nicholas is also going to help. Is that your name, young man? Yes. All right. <laughs> that is that is his name. All right. Schaefer has a gift. And here we are at Christmas time. And uh, Nicholas is going to be the recipient of the gift. This is the proper way to give the gift. All right. Schaefer, go ahead. And oh, look. And. He says what? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Nick receives the gift, right? Yes. All right. He receives the gift. Now, if Schaefer, let's do that in back, uh, back here. If Schaefer says to Nick, I have a gift for you. I have a gift for you. But you got to pay me for it. But you got to pay me for it. Now, is that a gift? No. 
that would not be a gift, would it? Gifts are freely given and freely received, right? All right, let's do it again. I have a gift. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right. Very good, very good, very good, very good. Put that back on us for us. Let's give our volunteers a hand. They're so brave. They're so brave. God freely gives the gift. Now, why did he do that? Why did Jesus come? We're going to talk about that today. Why did he come? Why was he born in a manger wrapped in swaddling, swaddling clothes? Praise help me, Jesus. Why was he born there instead of in a palace? Because understand, the Bible declares that Jesus is the Lamb of God. We're going to look at this. And lambs are born in stables, not born in palaces. So all of it was highly symbolic. Uh, God was painting a beautiful picture for us to know uh, about this gift. Now, we see here in Matthew 1 that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. We can say Jesus came to save us from eternal banishment from the presence of God. Now, the Bible declares that in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if that is in, and it is in the presence of God, and we're not in the presence of God, that means that we do not have the fullness of joy, and we do not have pleasures forevermore. Sin separated us from God. Sin separated us from goodness, from pleasure, from joy. Sin was a separation from everything that is good. God is everything that is good. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, turn to them and tell them, God is everything that is good. Okay, and when Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning in the garden, they were separated from everything that was good. All right. Now, so we see that Jesus came to save us from our sins. That is from eternal banishment. And we can see a good picture of this also in John, the first chapter. You can make a note of it. I already have mine typed out, so I don't have to flip. John one, verse 22. Listen to what it reads. 22. It says, Rather, we can, you can go home and read 22 through 20 through um, 37, but let me read verse 29. Uh, this is when the Lord Jesus comes, of course, to be baptized at the River Jordan there by John. And the Bible says in verse 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John recognized that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Understand something. Are you hearing me? I really want to get into the types and shadows of what being the lamb meant. I want you, before you leave out those doors today, I want you to understand and have a clear picture what being a lamb meant. A lamb, especially during the Old Testament, meant that uh, a lamb was given to cover sins or to take away sins from the people of God. All right. All right, so John recognized Jesus as the lamb that comes to take away the sins of the world. Now, of course, that's the same language that the angel Gabriel told um, Joseph in the dream. Jesus will save his people from their sins. Here's John also hearing from God, just like the angel did. And John testifying, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Are you with me? Verse 36 says, 
And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. He says it again. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. As John identified, here's Jesus, Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. Now, let's look in Isaiah 53. Let me show you another excellent, excellent picture here of what Jesus came to do. Now, I'm giving you some background information now. I'm trying to set the stage, trying to set a stage so that you will have a clearer picture. Amen? Uh, or more clear picture. Um, Isaiah 53, verse 10 says, um, now this is talking about Jesus. If you want to ever read about types and shadows of Christ in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53 is a wonderful place to look. Isaiah 53, verse 10 says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. The next phrase says, When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The Bible clearly says that God the Father will give Jesus, here in Isaiah 53, uh, as a sin offering, as an offering for sin. Remember that Jesus came as an offering for sin. Remember what Matthew said, Matthew 1, the angel told um, Joseph in the dream, you'll call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And uh, John 1, 29 says, John said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Are we catching a good picture here? All right. All right. Now, as we look at that, well, let's go to Romans 8. Uh, let's, let's go to Romans 8. I want to show you some scripture today. Let's dine on some good scripture. Amen. I told you I feel pretty good today. Are y'all with me? Romans 8. Now, I love the way the new uh, living translation puts this. Now, I don't like all the new living translation, but this particular Verse is, is dead, it's spot on, and I love it. And I want you to hear it. It makes it a lot easier to understand. Are y'all with me? Now, before we get that, you can hold your finger there in Romans 8. I'm going to read to you again out of the New Living Translation. Now, the lamb, we're going to see this further. The lamb in the Old Testament was given to, um, to pay the price for the people's sin. Okay, I would have somebody else to act like a lamb up here, but I don't feel like it right now. Well, let's do it anyway. Two more volunteers come up, please. All right, McKenna, come on up. Connie, come on up. Jeffy, Anna, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I need two more worshipers. Who, who's going to be a worshiper as well? I need two more. All right, Deaconess, come on up. Who wants to do it? Jerry? Let's see your hand, Jerry. You come on up too. McKenna, you're going to be our little lamb, all right? So you are right here. Come up right here. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, good. Now, Connie, you, uh, I need some high priest, too. I need a high priest. Who wants to be my uh, high priest? Who wants to be high priest? All right, all right. Parnell, come up. Sorry, hand, come on. Parnell's going to be the high priest here. We're going to set this up pretty good. All right, Lamb, you're, you're actually just sort of lean over this table we're going to have our imagination. Y'all stand to the side a bit so they can see. High priest, you come on, stand over here, please. And little lamb, you kind of lean over there. All right, all right. 
Connie, you stand over here on this side here. Because everybody, listen, in the Old Testament, you were required to bring a lamb to cover your sin. Okay? How many of us realize that we have sinned? Okay? Falling short of the God. Falling short of the glory of God. We've missed the mark. Falling short. So in the Old Testament, they were required to bring a lamb. All right? All right. Now, you are the little lamb. Let's do this. So both of you stand over there. And Connie knows she's had some sin in her life, so she brings her lamb here to the to the temple, and the priest is here always worshiping God, always worshiping God, always worshiping God. I'm telling you, he's there night and day worshiping the Lord. You see him? Praise the Lord. And so Connie knows that there's sin in her life, and so she brings her lamb over to the priest, and she gives the, the, the lamb there. Kind of stay on this side, little lamb, please. All right. Now, the high priest would really, um, it's kind of gross, but I'll just say it this way. He would put a knife into the lamb and the blood would spill on the altar. You with me? Okay. Now, when uh, the, the worshiper would put their hands on the lamb and the sin would be transferred from the person to the lamb saying that this lamb would now pay the price for her sins. Are you with me? So in effect, the lamb is saving her from the sin, from the penalty of the sin. Sin deserves death, right? You did it, you die. But because of this lamb, she does not have to die. The lamb dies now in her place. And it is the high priest that does it. Okay, and blood runs out. He takes the blood and sprinkles it on what was called the mercy seat of God. The mercy seat, praise the Lord. Now the worshiper could go back home happy. She's rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Sins covered, sins covered. Now here are the other worshipers there and they have their, they have their lambs with them and they're waiting to do the same thing. Are you with me? So they would come up with their lambs. Y'all don't have no lambs, but it's okay. We'll pretend. All right, so you're dead now. So you just, uh, okay. All right, so, all right, stay up here, lamb. Stay up here, lamb. Okay, and you have yours, and you, and so this is what happens all day. Day, day and night, day and night, day and night. The lamb has to die. He goes over and sprinkles it on the mercy seat. Praise the Lord. Day and night. They're, they're making those every day. They're making those sacrifices. All right. All right. They did it every day. And then they also did it once a year on the, what was called the day of atonement. Are you with me? On the day of atonement, the high priest would actually go into the holies of holies. Praise the Lord, taking the blood of sacrifices and he's there in the holies of holies and he's ministering to the Lord, taking the blood on what was called the day of atonement. Now, as he's in there doing that, it doesn't even look holy. As he's in there doing that and the worshipers are on the outside, they're praising God, they're blessing God. Amen. But. But they know inside, they know inside, even with the lambs, the lambs that are dead, praise the Lord, the lambs that are dead, the worshipers are there. They're rejoicing that the lamb has died because of, for their sins, right? But still inside, there's a feeling of guilt. (laughs) 
because it's not possible that the blood of animals could completely take it away. So in effect, the blood of these animals would cover it, but it couldn't really take it away. Are you with me? Give them all a hand. Give, give them a hand. I'm telling y'all did such a good job. <sighs> Lamb, don't go too far because we're going to use you again. All right. Now let's look at Romans 8. Let's look at Romans 8. Romans 8. Let me read verse 3 and verse uh, 3 and 4 together. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says this. The law of Moses. Now, what we're just talking about, that was all the under what we call the Old Testament, the law of Moses. Okay. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse four, he did this so that, um, so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Now understand something. The law was performance based. The law said under the law, if you do good things, you get good things. You do bad things, you get bad things, which seemed to be good, but we couldn't do enough good to keep getting good. We kept messing up. Our sinful nature kept on messing us up. How, how many of us can do good for a little while? But can you continue to keep doing good, continue to keep doing good to stay in the favor of God by your actions alone? We can't. We mess up sometime. Are you with me? So the Lord said, hey, I've got a remedy for this. I've got a remedy for my people, something that will keep them in my good graces. And that's called the Lamb of God. Are you with me? Let's look at John, John third chapter, John three. This is very familiar. So I want you to keep that, keep this image in your mind. Let it be burned in your mind. The, the lamb over. Come on back over here, lamb. Let me, let this, let, let, let this. See, this is a very, the lamb is a very honored position. Very honored position. Because the lamb has paid the price so that the worshipers could go free. The worshiper was supposed to die because there was, there was sin in their lives. They were supposed to die. But the lamb instead took the worshiper's place. Amen? Amen. All right, all right, all right. All right, very good. Now, let me show you a good picture. Hold on right there, lamb. Hold on. John 3. Listen to this. John 3, verse uh, 16, 17, and 18. Very familiar. Listen to what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? everlasting life God gave his son his son to be what the lamb that would take away the sins of the world verse 17 for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved saved from what 
an eternity out of the presence of God, an eternity being banished from God, save us from hell, fire, destruction, everything that is bad. The lamb saved us from that. We were meant to go to hell because of the sins, but the lamb saved us from that. Hallelujah. We were meant to be doomed, but the lamb saved us from that. Are you with me? Uh, verse 18, he that believeth on him, rather he that believeth on him, right, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now, let me give you another picture of how Jesus Christ is the lamb. Now, I need three more volunteers to come up. Praise the Lord. Lamb, you come on, stand right here right quick, please. I need three more uh, Okay, I'm going to pick y'all now. All right. Uh, come on up, Brother Ken. Praise the Lord. Uh, come on up, Mr. Stegall. And uh, come on up, King George. Come on up. Praise the Lord. I need three men. Come on. Come. Oh, wait. No, you've got the baby. Okay. Oh, it's okay. All right. All right. Here we are. Now, you stand right here. Ken is here. And you stand right here. And you stand right here. Praise the Lord. Now, all right, these three men uh, are set for execution. <laughs> set for execution. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay, you got two men here, one man here, one man over here. Face it, brother, come on. All right. They're all, they all are set to die. For crimes that they have committed. Okay? They have all legally committed these crimes. Or illegally, what do you want to say? They've committed these crimes and they are supposed to die. Okay? Let me set the stage here. Pontius Pilate says, This is a this is a festival here, and during this festival, uh, which was called the Passover, um, I'm supposed to let one person go. Okay, these three are supposed to die. These three are supposed to die. This man called Jesus uh, is here, who is the Lamb of God. These three are supposed to die. Pontius Pilate knows that Jesus is an innocent man. He knows it. Jesus is innocent. He says within himself, surely if I give them that option, they'll let Jesus go and my conscience will be cleared. But the people cried out, what? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Pontius Pilate said, in effect, y'all are crazy. But he said, I wash my hands of it. All three were supposed to die, but Jesus comes and takes the place of the, of the man we typically think he's in the middle takes the place of a man called Barabbas. Barabbas's name means son of the father. Barabbas, Barabbas. Abba means father, Bar means son of, right? Son of the father. He takes his place. In other words, this man represents all humanity. He takes his place and he gets to go free. He gets to go free. Isn't that something? So he's hallelujah. He's praising God, right? He was supposed to die for his sins, but the lamb, come on, lamb, you volunteered to be lamb, so you're going to stay lamb. The lamb now takes his place and suffers the penalty for the sins that he committed. 
But it wasn't just the lamb's blood on him now. The lamb's blood would be on all of us. Praise the Lord. Isn't that something? Hallelujah. Now, you know the rest of the account there at, there at the cross. One man said, one man was talking about Jesus, and the other man was saying, be quiet. Don't you understand? He's an innocent man. Now, who's going to be that man? Jesus told some one of them, today you're going to be with me in paradise. One went to paradise with the Lord, and one went straight to hell. Which, All right, all right. This man did. All right. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for our volunteers. Thank you again. We love you, King George. We love you. All right. Now, are you understanding what Jesus, what it means that Jesus is the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world? Are you hearing me? All right. Now, let's look at uh, another great picture. We won't turn to it, but in Exodus 12, you can make a note of this. Exodus 12 chapter. Uh, this is during the 12, uh, rather the, yeah, the, the plagues of Egypt when God was about to deliver his people, uh, from the, uh, the harsh Egyptian bondage and he sent in the plagues. On the last plague, the Lord said, I'm going to send in the angel of death. I'm going to allow this angel of death to come in and it's going to kill, uh, all the firstborn. Right? But he said, people of God, in order for your, your firstborn and your family to be safe, take a lamb. Take a lamb. And you sacrifice that lamb and you put the lamb's blood on the doorposts and on the side posts of your home. And the Bible says that when that angel of death would come through, when it will see the blood, it would pass over. Seeing the blood of the lamb, seeing the blood of the lamb would cause that death, that spirit of death to pass over that home. Isn't that something? Same thing with the blood of Jesus. When we receive Jesus Christ, believe in him and receive him as the lamb of God that has taken away our sins, we were rightfully, we rightfully deserve banishment. People say, well, I, I don't know about Adam and Eve. I never met Adam and Eve. How can I have their sins? You don't need to have their sins. You got enough sin all by yourself. I can't get no talking here. Amen. So when we receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we, he voluntarily takes our sins. He says, I'll take your place. I'll suffer the penalty for you so that you can go free. Isn't that wonderful? Now, under the Old Testament, uh, the lamb could simply cover, couldn't really take away from remembrance. But Jesus' blood could and did. Isn't that wonderful? So there in the book of Exodus, and we begin to close now. There in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, the lamb was slain so that everybody in the household could be saved. Do we understand that? Lamb was slain so that everybody in the household could be saved. Now, let's look at um, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 14, which gives us another wonderful picture of Jesus as the lamb of God. How many of you are understanding this better now? Understanding why Jesus Christ had to come, why he had to die. Not because he sinned, he, because he did not sin. Like the innocent lamb that Connie brought up earlier. That innocent lamb did not sin, but the worshipers sinned. But that innocent lamb died in their place so that they could go free. 
God looked out upon all humanity and said, I so love the world that I will give my innocent lamb that whosoever believes in him as their substitute would not perish but have everlasting life. Can you hear that? Oh, that is wonderful. Now, look at, we're going to look at, um, this is our last scripture of the day. We're going to look at uh, Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 14. Now, I'm going to read this to you again out of the New Living Translation because I just love the way it reads. Normally, we listen to uh, King James only, but I love the way this reads. Are you all with me today? Amen. All right. Listen to how it just ties it all together in the book of Hebrews. Verse 1 says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under the under that that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Okay? Remember we had that example there? They were never able able to provide a perfect cleansing. Perfect cleansing. All right, never able to do that. All right, let's look further. Verse number two. If they would have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have, uh, would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. All right. But the animal could not provide a perfect cleansing for the soul. The guilty conscience was still within them. So they had to bring another lamb. They had to bring another lamb. Sometimes daily, sometimes yearly. They had to bring another one because they still felt dirty inside. Anybody know about feeling dirty inside? That feeling of guilt, shame, condemnation. All right, so those sacrifices, even though they would do it, they would still feel that way. It's kind of like some people say, well, I go to church when I feel bad. It kind of makes me feel better. But when you leave, it's, it comes right back on you again. You say, I, I want to do something good. You know, I'll help somebody out. It'll make me feel better if I give them some, give them some money. it make you feel better, but it will never take away the stain of shame and guilt and the worthlessness. Those sacrifices under the law, even though they did what was required, they still felt it. Just like you remember those worshipers on there, they were, oh. You could see the grief on their faces. All right? So those sacrifices couldn't do that. Let's read on. Verse 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. They were just, listen, they were just shadows paving the way for what Christ would do. They called them, they, the Old Testament prophets prophesied that God would send a lamb into the world, a savior into the world that would completely do away with the sin. They called his name the Messiah. They're waiting for the Messiah to come who would take away the sins. 
who would relieve them of the guilty conscience, who would save them. Verse 7 says, Then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scripture. Verse 8, First Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Did y'all hear that? So when Jesus came as a lamb of God, he put away He put this old sacrificial system of bringing lambs to the house. He put that away somewhere. He put it away and said, I'll take the place of that. Isn't that wonderful? He said, I'll take the place of that. I'll be that sacrifice for you. As a matter of fact, if you look at it very carefully, Jesus's last supper, the last time you know about the last supper that took place on the Passover. Remember the Passover was a celebration, was a feast that God told the people of Israel. He said, y'all keep doing this, having this celebration to remember how I delivered you from Egypt and remembering how a lamb died so that they could live. And during the Passover feast, this what blew a lot of people's mind. Jesus said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Drink this. This is my blood drink this are you with me which is for the remission of your sins jesus clearly identified himself as being the lamb that would take away the sins of the world he says i'll give my body for you so that you can live i give my blood so that it can be over your life and so that the spirit of death would pass over so that hell death nor the grave would have power over you hallelujah he stood in the place and said i will die for all humanity once and for all isn't that powerful i'm telling you let's read on a little bit and it says here Uh, back at verse 10 and we're almost done for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time listen under the old covenant let me bring it back under the old covenant come on back up lamb please and uh, high priest lamb and high priest come on back up praise the Lord let me have a couple of worshipers right quick praise the Lord Let's give a good example of what happened under the old covenant. Lamb, priest, worshipers. Y'all sitting over there, worshipers. Y'all be in the line. Y'all got y'all lamb with you. Praise the Lord. Hold out your hand like you got a lamb with you. You're invisible. They're still alive there. So there we go. They're still alive. He, he He has to kill it. He has to kill it. All right. They got the lamb with them. Got the invisible lambs. I guess Jerry's lamb is very small, so he's holding it up. All right, listen. So, again, verse 11. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. There he is. Every day he's there 
offering the sacrifices of the lamb every day. But what he does could never take away sins. Can y'all see this picture in the Old Testament here? Which could never take away sins. They could never take away the guilt of sin. Never take away the shame. They were just doing the law. The law required them to do it. God said, here is the picture. And you've got to do this because the Lord said, I'm going to show you. I'm giving you a picture of the good thing I'm about to do just shortly. Hallelujah. Just shortly, I'm giving you a good picture. So remember that picture. Y'all freeze frame. All right, there we go. There's the picture. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself. Are y'all hearing me? All right, y'all got that picture. I'll be the high priest here. It says, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice, as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. All right, all right, that's good, that's good. All right, hold this, hold, hold this scene, praise the Lord. All right, now we're going to trade lambs out. I need somebody to be Jesus for me, be the lamb of God. Come on, somebody be the lamb of God. All right, come on up, Nicholas, praise the Lord. He is going to be the lamb of God. So he gently, as Jesus comes and takes away the old system, he gently pushes aside, gently pushes aside the old system. He gently pushes all the old system. He pushes this high priest, the old high priest away, pushes high priest away. Praise the Lord. I mean, he pushes him off the stage, just, just uh-uh, very gently, very gently off the stage. Worshippers can stay up. Praise the Lord. All right. Jesus now comes and takes the place of the high priest. He becomes the high priest himself and offers himself as a lamb. Are you hearing me? Let me read it again. Verse 12, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. I'm going to move this over. (laughs) Then he sat down. Come on, sit down. He sat down. Now, remember, the Old Testament priest would do it day after day. But this priest, hallelujah, this high priest did it one time and then he sat down. Forever signifying that the work has been done. Give them a hand, hallelujah. Give them a hand. Thank you, stay right here. Go ahead, praise the Lord. Give them a hand, thank God for them. Now listen. There, if you look, and we're closing, if you look in the old temple, in the whole, in the most holy place, and uh, in in the holy place, and in the most holy place in the temple, there were no seats. There were no seats in the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. There was just one called the mercy seat where they would sprinkle the sprinkle the blood. There was no place for the high priest to sit and rest because he had to keep on doing it. But Jesus, after he made his sacrifice, sat down, meaning that his work was fully completed. 
Meaning that all worshipers now for all generations, all they have to do is believe in the one sacrifice that he made and they will be covered by his blood forever. Hallelujah. Let's finish reading this and I'm going to go on. It said, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin. Good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Give the Lord a hand of praise for them. Amen. Thank God. Now here, we're closing right here. Jesus did it one time. Remember the, the Old Testament saints, when they would come to the temple offering their lambs, they left with guilt and shame. New Testament, having received the perfect lamb of God, God himself as a sacrifice, you should no longer have shame or guilt in your life. If you have received the finished work of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, shame and guilt should not even be in your vocabulary. When you come to the house of God, you shouldn't feel shame, guilt, or condemnation because you've received the perfect work of Jesus Christ. If you do receive it, if you do have it in your heart, you can reject it because Jesus paid the price for you. He is the Lamb of God. And some people say, why in the world should we celebrate the birth of Jesus? What is wrong with you? The birth of Jesus, Christmas. We celebrate because this is God's gift for us. God's gift to us to be reconciled to him, to be back, to be brought back in perfect fellowship with our God. Amen. 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 Do you receive that word today? Amen. Do you understand that today? Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. Let's celebrate the Lord. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.